Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our sermon series from 1 Samuel, A Personal God. We hope that this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Well, 1 Samuel chapter 3, and we're continuing our series, A Personal God. And for those of you that are maybe joining us for the first time, I'll recap the series in just a moment. But as we start today, I want to... um, really come to just this thought that every decision, every decision has a repercussion. Every decision has a consequence. Every decision has a result. Whether good or bad, every decision produces a result. I'm thinking about my decision when Hannah and I were first married, and uh, of course she's sitting over here in the service right now with uh, just a few, and I remember... uh, when Hannah and I were first married, and we got to our very first little apartment, it was kind of a little cottage right next door to my grandparents, and, and I remember like every newlywed couple, uh, you're supposed to carry your bride over the threshold, and so we were standing there at the door, and it was open, and I remember I thought I'm going to be a, you know, this great romantic husband, and, and so I said, honey, can I, can I carry you over the threshold, and and she said, okay, and so uh, she got up, and I was carrying her over the threshold, and, and um, you know, I didn't know this then, but I know it now, but I guess that what you're supposed to do when you go in is you're supposed to kind of turn sideways, you know? I didn't turn sideways, and I, I know that now, uh, but I remember we were walking in, and Sure enough, bam, I cracked her head on the, on the side door, or on the, on the, uh, the, the door frame, and, and you know what, I, of course, again, I know now, turn sideways. So you guys out there about to get married, if you're carrying your wife through the threshold, turn sideways. Don't hit her head on the door frame. But I remember right after that, because, because of, you know, knocking her head on the door frame, oh, honey, I'm so sorry, but it, it made me kind of lose my balance. And so the next thing I proceeded to do was... To drop her, and not all the way, but just slightly, and and of course my arm kind of fell out, and, and I'm there. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm sorry that happened, and, and she's just kind of looking. Oh, what, what are you doing? You know, and I remember that that decision. It's caused a lot of repercussions in our marriage, uh, because now. Um, now, whenever I go to carry her for anything, hey, hey, let me carry you, or just trying to, you know, be a, a flirting husband, hey, let me carry, she, she always says something like, well, don't hit my head, and don't drop me, <laughs> and then she still not let me carry her, and you know what, every decision, every decision has repercussions, it has consequences, and that's exactly what we're going to discover this morning as we come back into the series of Personal God. We've been going through this study in 1 Samuel. It's definitely an amazing book. Uh, we can find this is a, a book that has stories of peasants and kings, of, of priests and prophets. and It's a book where you read about individuals, but then we also read about kingdoms. And through it all, we discover that God is desirous of a very personal and real relationship with every single person. And the very first week... We discovered that he's a personal God who wants us to turn to him. And we looked in 1 Samuel chapter number 1, and we learned about Samuel uh, being born and how Hannah, his mother, we, we watched her life. We kind of came right in the middle of it as she's just facing challenges and facing difficulties and couldn't have a child. And of course, at that time, it's very much looked down upon. And so we would go and we read the story that 
that she not only couldn't have a child and had that kind of as a, a downer in her life, but the Bible would also tell us that uh, Penina, the, the other wife of Elkanah, her husband, that she would kind of uh, persecute her and, and cause her uh, hurt within her soul. And then we find that her husband, he tries to be an encouragement to her. And he's like, hey, I, aren't I better than, than ten sons? And kind of reminded us that men sometimes want to help, but they just don't know what to say. And that's her. That's Elkanah. He, he wants to help, but he didn't know what to say. And, and so the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter number 1, I believe in verse number 10 or verse number 11, that, that Hannah was in bitterness of soul. And so she was in, in, really, it would be depression. She was in anguish and a spirit of distress. And yet the Bible says that in that moment, she prayed unto God. She called out to him. And what a, I said this uh, on the 8th when we preached the message, March 8th, what an appropriate message for our time right now. Uh, who, who knew that that week, the week of the 8th, is when the coronavirus would really ramp up here in, in the United States and we begin to see uh, some of the decisions being made and, and some of the stores closing and restaurants and all of that stuff. And you know what? In the midst of every situation, we need to learn what Hannah learned, and that's the thought that we can turn to God. I think sometimes we turn to so many other things. We turn to people that we think might know the answer, or we turn to uh, maybe some sort of social media outlet, or we turn uh, maybe to a, a, a counselor of some sort. But we need to understand that the Word of God and the presence of God, God is who we need to turn to. And that's what Hannah understood. She understood, if I'm going through struggles, I can turn to the Lord. Well, because of that, we know that God blessed her, and God blessed her with that son, Samuel, and she made that commitment, Lord, if you bless me with a son, I'll turn around and I'll give him back to you. That brings us to the message from last week out of 1 Samuel chapter number 2, where we looked at two very different stories, two very different stories, two very different paths. If you'll remember, you were here last week or you listened online, we had Samuel's life, and then we have the lives of Hophni and Phinehas. Hophni and Phinehas, they were Eli's sons. They were priests. They were raised in the house of God. They were there. God had a plan for them. God wanted to use them. We referred to them kind of like the preacher's kids and, and uh, talked about the preacher's kids and how they have the, you know, that, that opportunity of being in the house of God and growing up in that. Hophni and Phinehas had that. And then they were given the office of priest because of their lineage and because of who Eli was. They're given that office of priest. And yet we discover that instead... Uh, following after the Lord in his ways. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse number uh, 11 or 12 that Hophni and Phinehas knew not the Lord. They were, they were in the presence with a great opportunity to be used by God, and yet they knew not the Lord. Because of this, they would use their office to serve themselves, and they would uh, be going through much sinful actions, and, and the prophet would come and correct Eli, and then God would... Uh, come through the prophet and tell him, what are you doing? Of course, Eli tried to correct his sons, but we find that they didn't listen. Hophni and Phinehas, they didn't listen. And so God removed them, later on removed them from being in office. But the other story is the story of Samuel. Samuel, Samuel also raised in the house of the Lord, raised to serve God. And what we find is Samuel being one that God will use him. He knew the Lord. He had a personal relationship with God. He loved the Lord. And we find that that relationship uh, that he, he had built with the Lord, man, God used that to promote him and use that in his life. And we saw one story to be beautiful to look at. The other one, uh, Hophni and Phinehas, to be one that we would say, I don't want that in my life. Well, today as we come to our time and come back into our story, uh, 
we're going to get back into this journey with, with Samuel. And again, what we're going to recognize is that every decision has a result. And what I want us to do today is I want us to look a little further into the path or the decisions that Samuel made and discover that there were some decisions that he made that affected the course of his life. And I think as you come to 1 Samuel 3, we're going to discover four different decisions that Samuel made that affected the course of his life. Every decision has repercussions. Every decision can either bring a blessing or a consequence. And today we're going to discover that in the life of Samuel. So take your Bible if you would. And, uh, you can stand if you want or you can remain seated there in your house. But 1 Samuel chapter number 3, we're just going to read one verse to get started. 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse number 1, we read this. And the child Samuel ministered, before, ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. The child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Let's go ahead and pray and ask the Lord to bless the, uh, the preaching of the word of God. And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, why don't you take a moment and just ask God to speak to you. Pray something simple. Dear Lord, please speak to my heart. Please speak to my heart. And then make a commitment. God, if you speak to me, I'm going to listen to you today. Dear Lord, as we come before you, we just want to thank you again for the word of God. And Father, I pray that as we go through the message today, I pray that you'd help us. I pray that you'd speak through me, Lord, I humble my heart to you and recognize that, Lord, it is only your word and your spirit that can work in our lives. And so, God, I pray that as we go through the message this morning, that you would take your word and use your spirit to speak to each of us. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I want you to take your Bible and again, just notice these four decisions, four things that I believe that Samuel chose and because of this, God blessed his life. The first one I want you to see as we start, that Samuel, he served. Samuel served. As our passage opens up, this portion of scripture actually starts with really the same commentary that we find on Samuel in chapter number 2. If you were to go to 1 Samuel chapter number 2, uh, you would read in verse number 11 that, that the child Samuel, he did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. Verse number 18, Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with a linen ephod. And so as you come to 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse number 1, it's just giving us really the same commentary on Samuel's life, saying, hey, listen, he ministered unto the Lord, or he served the Lord. And last, last week, uh, we took time to discover uh, what it, ha or, excuse me, the, the spirit in which Samuel served the Lord, while Hophni and Phinehas served themselves, Samuel served with a, a spirit of love. But this week, what I want us to take note of is the fact that Samuel had the heart of a servant. In everything that Samuel did, Samuel wanted to serve. We read in verse number one when it says that he, he uh, the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. It means basically that he was serving Eli as if he was serving the Lord. He was serving Eli as if he was serving the Lord. And we see this demonstrated in the next few verses. Notice if you would follow along as I read 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 2, down through verse number 9. It says, And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, 
and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel lay down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And, and he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went, Samuel went, and lay down. Verse 6. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. We'll see what that means in just a second. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli, verse 8, perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if uh, he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. As you look at these verses, I want you to notice that Samuel, he had a true heart, a real heart to serve. Uh, we see this, we see it in the fact that uh, he was willing to get up three different times in the night to go and to meet the needs of Eli. He didn't, he didn't know the voice of the Lord yet. We'll see what that means in just a second. But the Lord's calling him. Samuel thinks it's Eli. And so he's running to Eli three times to, to serve him. Hey, what can I do to minister unto you? And uh, I don't know about you, but I don't often have that type of a heart. The type of a heart that says, I'll get up in the middle of the night if I need it. I think about our kids. Of course, uh, I've been this way with all three of our kids in their lives. Is just that when I go to bed, I'm going to bed. Leave me alone. I don't want to do anything. I don't want you to knock on the door. I want you to disturb me. And I'll, if I'm in my bed and they want to knock on the door, I'm kind of like, nope, done for the day. Please check back again in the morning. That's kind of my mentality. Uh, I'm reminded of that fellow who uh, his wife had a newborn baby. And maybe this is Brian and Samantha. Maybe this is who this is. But uh, she wakes him up and she says, honey, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I want you to go change your baby. Go change the baby. And he said, no, no, no. I'll get the next one. I'll get the next one. And uh, she's, okay, fine. So she gets up. She goes change the baby. Two hours later, she wakes him up again. She says, honey, I want you to go change the baby. Go change the baby. He said, no, 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 I'll get the next one. And so she's thought, all right, he's really tired. I'll let him sleep. She goes. She changes him. A third time happens. She wakes him up. She says, honey, it's your turn to change the baby. He rolls over and he said, I told you I'll get the next one. And when I say I get the next one, I mean I'll get the next baby. You handle this one. <laughs> Listen, that's my mentality. I don't want to get up. I don't want to serve. I don't want to do that late at night. But that's not, listen, that's not Samuel's mentality. Samuel's mentality was the mentality of a servant, the heart of a servant. He had the heart to get up three different times in the night, not knowing that it was the Lord calling him, thinking it was Samuel calling him, and, or Eli calling him, and yet he got up and went to serve Eli. Can I just tell you that as a believer and as a follower of God, Man, every follower of Jesus should strive to be a servant. We should strive to be a servant. We should strive to have this heart in every single relationship. When you look at this heart to serve others, we should have a heart that says, God, I'm going to serve people as if I was serving you. I had to be reminded of that this morning as I'm... Uh, of course, coming here on Sunday mornings, I try to come in earlier and, and spend time uh, praying and just going over things. And you know what? I had to be reminded this morning that even though the auditorium is going to be empty today, that this message is still God's word. 
And I'm still preaching to the, to the Lord and for the Lord and for His glory. Man, that should be our approach in everything we do. Right. Everything we do, we should have this heart that says, I just want to serve. And a great decision in your life and in my life that will bring blessing. Remember, every decision has repercussions. A great decision is the decision to serve. I think about Paul. He said it this way in Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 13. I think I have the verse here. He said, For brethren, you have been called into liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Paul is saying, hey, don't use your freedom in the Lord as a self-serving freedom. Instead, use your freedom in God to serve others. And I would say this this morning, that every follower of Jesus, Jesus should strive to serve those around them. Remember what Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verse 42 through 44. Here's the words of Christ. Jesus called them unto him and said unto them, Ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. I just want to say that the Lord said this to his people. He said it to his followers. And the line uh, of who he said it to continues on to us. That serving others is used by the Lord and it's blessed by the Lord. Man, have the heart of a servant. I would say right now, of course, we're going through some challenging times. And if we're not careful, we can almost get stuck with what I call tunnel vision. We can get stuck with only seeing our circumstances and only seeing our situation. And you don't know how hard it is with the kids home now for home, uh, homeschooling them. Or you don't know how hard it is that uh, my hours got cut at work. You don't know how hard. And we begin to kind of look uh, introspectively and begin to look at our own circumstances. But can I tell you that right now God's given us a great opportunity to be a servant to other people. You say, well, how can I serve? You know what? You can serve by simply just calling a neighbor or a friend and seeing if they need help doing something. Yeah. Seeing if a neighbor needs something done around their house. Or I think about even, listen, and this is something that we probably overlook. We can serve those closest to us. And in this time of being in quarantine, don't dread being with your family. Serve your family. Man, help with the dishes. Guys, help your wife with the dishes. Children, help mom as she prepares. I would say, uh, parents, serve your kids. Don't, don't just let everything kind of just keep going. No, uh, help other people with their responsibilities. And I would encourage you that the heart of a servant is something that God is going to bless. And I know that it's taught in the scripture. It's something that's said of the Lord. And, and all of us, we can have that spirit of, I just want to serve. I think right now, another very, just a thought, a way we can serve is you can prepare for future times to serve right now. Like right now, I'm thinking, you know what you can do? You can probably prepare by, uh, maybe if, if you have small kids at home, man, preparing just a, a little craft or something that you might give to somebody down the road or writing some letters to people and sending those out. Just finding ways to be an encouragement. That's serving others. Why am I doing that? Because I'm serving them just like I would be serving the Lord. I see the first decision that Samuel made. He made this decision. Samuel served. But I see secondly that Samuel he surrendered. Samuel surrendered. As we read through, read through those first eight verses, we find Samuel, he's being called by the Lord. Now, there's a couple of things I want to point out to help us with this. And the first thing I want to say is in verse number one. Verse number one of the passage, it says, 
at the end of the verse that the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. I want you to remember that this is during the times of the judges. Uh, and I, let's just recall those of us that were here, uh, I think last year sometime, we did our series through the book of Judges, uh, the series Relentless. Here's what the end of the book of Judges says about those days. It says, in those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Samuel would actually be the last of the judges. We talked about that last week. And because of that, we know that he was serving in a time when people, when selfishness was just running rampant. He was serving at a time when selfishness was just uh, really the law of the land. It was a time when it ruled the, the hearts of those who knew God and those who didn't know God. There was no prophet who was continually standing up and speaking truth. And so when the Bible says that the word of God was precious in those days, man, the word of God was something special. When the word of God, when God spoke through somebody, it was supposed to be special. And can I tell you, while it wasn't special to everybody, there were a few, and we read them and went through that series, that the word of God was special in their life. And I was just thinking when I read that verse, that the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. There was no open revelation or prophecies being given. As I read that verse, I kind of thought about now. Because the truth is that regardless of who the word is precious to, or of what time we live in, or the circumstances we live in, the word of God is still precious. And especially to the followers of God, the word should always be precious. I want to tell you, during these days, man, don't neglect spending time in the word of God. Let it be precious to you. Go read the Psalms and discover the power of the word of God in your life to give you the comfort, the encouragement, the help that we need right now. As we kind of uh, try to wrap our minds around everything going on, man, the word of God can be exactly what we need. I see that he, he was surrendered, and we look at it just in these couple of thoughts as we, before we get to this thought about him being surrendered. Notice verse number 7. It says in verse number 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Now some would look at that and say, wait, pastor, last week you said that Samuel knew the Lord. All right, there's two different thoughts here. The idea that Samuel did not know the Lord, is this statement is really uh, um, summarized in the next phrase, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. What this is telling us is that Samuel, he didn't know the Lord, the voice of the Lord yet as a priest. He knew God. He had a relationship with God. He had a heart to serve God. But he didn't know the voice of the Lord as a priest. That's why in these eight verses, it's kind of weird. It's strange to Samuel. I'm hearing this voice. I think it's Eli. That's why that verse is in there saying, hey, Samuel didn't know the voice of the Lord yet. But knowing these couple of thoughts, I want us to see the surrender that Samuel had in this passage. As we read a moment ago, we find that the, the Lord calls to Samuel. On three different occasions, Samuel goes to Eli three different times. But notice what took place that third time. Verse number eight. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. On that third time, Eli recognizes that it's the Lord who called Samuel and 
He explains to Samuel what to do. Samuel, when you hear the voice again, stand up and surrender. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And we read the next time that the Lord speaks, what does Samuel do? He had that surrendered response. Speak, for thy servant heareth. He was willing to listen to the Lord. And I want to point out a thought. He was not only willing to listen, but the word heareth. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. That word heareth, it means to hear intelligently with the intention of obedience. That's amazing to me. As I'm studying this out, that's just a really interesting thought to me. Samuel, he didn't even know what the Lord was going to ask him. And yet, he was surrendered to obey. He didn't know what God was going to say, and, he was, and yet he was surrendered to obey. I really think in looking at that, that shows us the heart of Samuel's surrender. Man, he, he had a surrendered heart. And can I tell you that this is the type of surrender that every believer should have, every follower of have towards Jesus Christ. Every follower of Jesus should be surrendered to hear with a predetermined decision to obey. Here's the thought. While we know that God does not speak through an audible voice anymore, we know that God still speaks. He speaks through His Word and He speaks through His Spirit. Now His Spirit is that small voice within us. We don't hear the audible voice, I'm not going to be right here and and here all of a sudden, Dennis Fountain, you know, that's not going to happen. But God uses his word, and we talked about this on Thursday. God takes the word of God with the spirit of God to make the, make the child of God more like the son of God. It's all of that combined together. And so what we need to understand is this simple truth, that when God speaks through his word, or when God speaks through his spirit in my life, as I'm going throughout my day, I need to have a surrendered spirit or surrendered heart to listen to him. If you'll remember, I mean, just at our church, this is one of the reasons we try to focus upon the thought of prayer. God, speak to my heart today, and if you speak, I'll respond. Man, I want to have that, that a predetermined decision. I want to have that idea of I'm here, uh, I hear it. You know, that, that idea that I'm going to listen, and I'm already making up my mind that I'm going to respond. Our heart towards the word of God towards the Spirit of God should be a, a heart of surrender. God, I surrender to hear your word. Yeah. I think about in the mornings when you spend time in the word of God. And surrender to hear the word of God. God, I, I'm opening, I'm not just going to open it up and read it to complete some checklist Christianity. No, I'm going to open the word up because I want to use, I want you to use your word to speak into my life. I also think regarding being surrendered to, to the Spirit of God, Man, if I surrender in the morning, God, I'm surrendering my heart to hear your word and your spirit today. You never know the, the little uh, uh, nudges that the spirit of God will give you through the day to help you know what to say or who to talk to or how to respond to somebody. Uh, maybe he's going to stop you from saying a, a something to a child or to your spouse or, or to a parent. God, the, the Holy Spirit kind of says, no, 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 don't, don't say that. And, and if I surrender early in the day, I'm more likely to go, oh, man, thank you. Thanks for stopping me from opening my mouth and entering my foot. Thank you for stopping me uh, for sinning. God, thanks for stopping me for, uh, from having that thought. No, don't look at that. No, don't listen to that. No, don't. And that's the spirit of the Lord. And what should I do? I should be surrendered. Every single day I should be surrendered. That's a decision that has great repercussions, doesn't it? Man, it has great repercussions. God, I want to be surrendered to you. I want you to see the decisions that Samuel made. Number one, Samuel served. Number two, Samuel surrendered. 
Number three, I want you to notice with me that Samuel spoke. Samuel spoke. He spoke the message of God without apology. In our passage, we won't take time to read it, but I would encourage you to go read 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 11 through 15. In these verses, you're going to find that the Lord, he tells Samuel that Eli's family isn't going to be in the priesthood anymore. He basically recounts to Eli what the prophet told Eli at the end of chapter number 2. God told Samuel that because of the sins of Eli's house, that God was going to remove Eli's family from their office of priest. And, and of course, if you think about it, if I was Samuel, and if you were Samuel, when God got done speaking to you about your leader, your boss, telling you that, hey, your boss is no longer going to be your boss, I'm removing him from office and giving you his position. If you're Samuel, I don't think I'm going, oh man, I can't wait, I can't wait to wake up in the morning. I can't wait to get up and go tell Eli. But the Bible tells us that Samuel, he too kind of had that spirit. He didn't want to tell him. But notice what takes place, verse number 16. It says, then Eli called Samuel and, and said, Samuel, my son, he answered, here am I. There he was, that servant, heart of a servant again. He said, what is the thing that the Lord hath said unto thee? I, I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me, of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit, and hid nothing from him. And he, Eli, said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. And when I look at that, I, I see Samuel unashamedly speaking the message of God. I want you to notice that his boldness, it continues in his life. If you were to go to the next verse, verse number 19, Samuel's boldness to speak the word of God. Verse 19, it says, And Samuel grew... And the Lord was with him and did let none of his words fall to the ground. Man, Samuel had a lasting effect in the lives of the people of God because God's blessing was upon him and because his bold, of his boldness to speak the word of God. He was unashamed in proclaiming the message of the Lord to the people. It would have been easy for Samuel to just keep his mouth shut. I mean, especially when Eli's asking him, hey, hey, tell me what he said. What would the Lord say to you? And I don't want to tell you. That's, uh, hopefully God will talk to you tonight. He's, I don't want to give you this message. He knew that, that, that Samuel, or he, excuse me, Samuel knew that Eli wasn't going to like the message. And yet what do we find? We find that Samuel boldly spoke the message of God. Can I say that this should be a decision that the followers of God make? Yeah. That we choose to speak God's truth and his message no matter what. Of course, we should do it with the right attitude, the right spirit, but we should still speak his truth. You think about this, we have God's message in the world today, and the believer should confidently speak it to others. I think specifically about the message of Jesus Christ, salvation by Jesus alone. We should not be afraid to speak this truth into people's lives, the truth that you can only have forgiveness and go to heaven if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior. Well, what if, what if people don't like the message? What if, pe what if people don't like that truth? Well, that's okay, and actually you can count on it. We can count on people not liking the truth that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by Him. 
I can recall some of your stories. Some of you watching online today, I can recall stories of you recounting to me when you first heard that you were a sinner. Remember, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of someone specifically that, that's probably watching right now that when a coworker said, hey man, uh, you need Jesus in your life and you're a sinner, that immediately the defense mechanism went up. No, 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 I'm not that bad. And, and we don't like that message. You probably didn't like it when you were told that you could not earn your way to heaven. You can't earn forgiveness. And we don't like that. Our, our, our rationalizing doesn't care for that message. And when someone told you that the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ, man, I don't know if I like that. Why? Because that means I'm not my own answer. That means there is a God. That means there is a heaven. There is a hell. That means what I rationalize in my mind isn't truth, and the Word of God is truth. And when we hear truth, sometimes we don't like truth, but it's still truth. Amen. Can I tell you this morning that there's going to be people that you talk to Maybe it'll be online this week. Maybe it'll be on Facebook, have the opportunity to share the message of Christ or to uh, repost a verse that someone gave or to repost a message from the week. And, and someone's going to post and say, hey, I don't like this. Or, or uh, uh, some social media outlet's going to close things down. We don't like that. Listen, we need to understand that God's word is still truth. And if you and I speak it in love and we speak it with that right spirit, the right attitude, you never know what God could do. People need the message of Jesus Christ. People need to know that he is the only way to heaven. Yeah. And you have that message. And so I would encourage you as a, as a follower of Jesus, man, make the decision that Samuel made. What was the decision? Man, Samuel, he spoke the message of God without apology. I see today that Samuel served. He was surrendered. Samuel spoke. But then lastly this morning, I want you to notice that Samuel, he stayed faithful. Samuel stayed faithful. Verse 20 and 21, very quickly as we wrap up this morning, you read this. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. It says, And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. I meant to put a map up on the screen this morning, but... Uh, if you can imagine when it says that all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. That's Israel north to south. The whole kingdom. Everybody knew. And Samuel is God's messenger. And we find in verse number 21, we find that Samuel just stayed faithful to the Lord. He was faithful to God. Samuel was faithful to God and God was faithful to you, Samuel. And I love his faithfulness. I, I read this week about what one man said about Samuel's faithfulness. He said this, A demoralized priesthood, an alienated people, a silent God. These are the outstanding features of the time period when this fair life, Samuel, of continuous worship unfolded itself. I love that. Man, in a corrupt culture, with a corrupt priesthood, with a people that felt like God was silent, you find, just like John in the New Testament, a voice crying in the wilderness. You find one standing and proclaiming and staying faithful. Listen, Samuel was living in a time when not many others were staying faithful to the Lord, and yet we read that Samuel was faithful. 
He was faithful and God continued using him to make an impact. And listen, this morning I want to give you this simple thought that your faithfulness to the Lord, it will speak volumes into the lives of those around you. Our faithfulness to God is used to make an impact in people. And I want to say during this time of confusion, you know, everything going on, I want to encourage God's people, stay faithful. Well, what can I do? Stay faithful and trust in the Lord. We're going to learn more about that tonight, and I'll give you an announcement at the end. But it's going to be a huge help to learn about trusting God during hard times. Stay faithful in trusting Him. Stay faithful in seeking God during this time. Seek Him through prayer. Seek Him through His Word. Stay faithful in glorifying the Lord. Stay faithful in listening to Him. Stay faithful in giving to Him. Stay faithful in serving. Stay faithful in, in speaking to others. Stay faithful in pointing others to His care and His concern for their present situation. I mean, just listen. Make the decision to stay faithful. Well, why should I make that decision? Can I tell you? That decision, it's blessed by God. And the, the decision to stay faithful, it's blessed. And I tell you teenagers out there, and, and you young adults, and some of our singles, and, and all of our uh, uh, firm foundations, the couples, and the recycled teenagers, man, everybody from youngest to oldest, God blesses faithfulness. I see this morning that your decisions and my decisions, they have repercussions. They have consequences. They produce results. And they're either good or they're bad. Samuel, he made some great decisions. And the Lord blessed him and brought some great blessings into his life. And I believe this morning, as you and I also choose these decisions, that God can work in and through our lives as well. And so I want to encourage you this week, choose to serve. This week, choose to be surrendered to the Word of God, the Spirit of God. This week, choose to speak His truth. God might give you access into someone's life to bring a verse out or a truth that could, it could change the course of their life mm. through you. So speak his truth with boldness. And then the last thought is let's stay faithful this week. But maybe this week your choice, the choice that you need to make that's going to affect your future is the decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. I want to ask you just where you're seated, where you're at, one simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you know that if you died today that you would spend eternity with Him? You see, the truth is every one of us are going to spend eternity somewhere. Heaven or hell. We don't get to heaven by our good works, by going to church, by getting baptized, by following through with some promise we made. We don't get to heaven in any of those ways. We get to heaven because of the work of Jesus Christ. What did he do? He came to this earth as God's son. He lived a perfect life. At the end of that life, he was crucified on a cross for your sin and mine. But three days later, he rose from the dead to prove that he was God and to prove that he could be trusted. And he calls every one of us to the decision of putting our faith and our trust in him alone. You see, Jesus Christ... He is the only way that we can have access to God the Father. He is the only one who can provide us forgiveness of our sins. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God hath raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. Because with the heart, confession is made. 
or with a, with the heart confession, with the heart man believeth, and with the mouth confession is made. Every single one of us need to have a time in our life when we've prayed and asked Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sin and to be our Savior. And if you're out there today, you're listening, and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, this is the most important decision that truly impacts all of your life on this earth and all of your life after this earth. Right. It affects our eternity. And so I tell you today that if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, right where you're seated, right where you're at your house, you can put your faith and trust in Him. You can pray something simple. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. And God, I'm putting my faith in Jesus alone. Asking you to forgive me of my sin Savior. It's not that prayer that saves you. It's you calling out with your mouth, confessing what you believe in your heart. If you do know Christ as your Savior, I want to encourage you this week, this week, four decisions that we can make. Four decisions that will affect my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on. The decision to serve, be surrendered, speak His truth, and stay faithful. I'd like if you would, where you're at, just to bow your head and close your eyes. We're going to have a time to respond to the Lord. If you're there at home and you want to use your, your couch as an altar or your chair, or you just want to kneel and pray, or you want to use uh, where you're at, we're going to have a time to respond to Him. Brian's going to come and he's going to play a, a verse of a, of a song, invitation. And if God's spoken to you, I just want to encourage you to respond to Him. I'm going to pray and then give you time to respond. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.